What you're about to listen to is part of the Podgods Network. If you go to podgodsnetwork.com, you'll find other great shows there too. Have a nice day. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of 80 Miles Per Hour. I am one part host, Sanch, and I'm, eh, I just messed that up. <laughs> and I'm always, I am joined, or there's the other half, the, the nerd over here. The better half, Renata. Eh, whatever. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, we're continuing our week, I mean our week, our month of, was it like love related, you know, movies and stuff like that, so... We have a good choice. Uh, Renata tried to tease it out there, but it was so stupid because it was so obvious. Like, that, you know, <laughs> it's like when you did License to Drive, like, you just showed the the restaurant they go to, the cheesy, like, where they're all dancing. And that's a good tease because unless you know the movie, it doesn't give anything away. With this one, like, you easily gave away the movie. I look at your post, I'm like, what a nerd. Like, you got to choose stuff that's more, more like... Like, um, just not as easy to figure out, you know? It would be, like, like as if we're going to do Back to the Future, right? And I'm like, here's a tease of what we're doing. And I show a picture of a DeLorean. Like, that's how <laughs> obvious it was, you know? That's something I would do. But well, I that's figured, what you did. I know. I, like, my whole goal was to make a joke out of it. Because, like, I mean, I, and I did look up things to find. I mean, what was I going to show a picture of a rock? No, you didn't have to show a rock. I mean, you know. I mean, just a figure of speech. I'm not literally going to take a picture oh. of a rock. But I mean, like, I just thought it'd be cute. I mean, I, it was a, it was a really cute thing to put up. So I liked it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so you know. Uh, well, you know what? Go for it because you're you're the one that had. You want to say take over? Go for it. Oh, I can take over. Yeah. Okay. Because you got all your stupid um things there. Uh, your stupid things. Your it's not um. Stupid. Your 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 teen beat man. You know she she she's gonna start talking about um all the 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 boys the. from the eighty. Not just kidding. I'm kidding. No, this is the 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 most important part of our show. The part where we talk about and we give you know thanks to you guys. So take it away, Renat. Okay, we're gonna do the shout outs. <laughs> Okay, the first person that we would like to give a shout out to is Victor BS underscore. He's been liking a lot of our photos and he seems to be really getting interested in the show. So thank you, sir. We appreciate you liking our podcast. Also, there is David underscore Drew. He liked a whole lot of, he pretty much spammed us like Victor. So, David underscore Drew, thank you very much. Um, This uh, person asked for a shout-out automatically because he wanted to feel important. But um, (laughs) I I wanted to give it to you. It is to Il Tino 
and I hope I said that right, Il Tino. <laughs> and you yeah, um, got right. you got your shout out, and I hope I said it right. And I'm sorry, but you're an awesome um, person that likes to give us a lot of props for our show. So thank you. Yeah. Keep supporting. Also, there is another shout out. This is the I think the main shout out which I'm going to talk about. Okay. And actually, there's two shout outs. One. Um, is uh, Serenity, uh, Sarah the Lady Luna. She has been a very, very ongoing stay on fan. She liked a lot of our pictures also. She comments. She gets very enthused when new episodes are about to be on. Or if we want to give little hints, even though my picture wasn't even considered a hint. It was more of a giveaway. <laughs> yes, it was um, terrible. And her... Lover of choice is, um, it's an Instagram, I think, joke, or if not, then I'm sorry, but uh, Marty Fanboy is, like, her lover. She plays Zoe Chanel, and he plays Marty McFly on different, um, how should I say it, like, different Instagrams, and they're together, which I think is really cute and really awesome. So, um, all... I want to know what they look like. That's my thing. I want to know what each of them looks like, if unless it's, like, two separate people, or they're the same. You know? Maybe, but it'd be really cool if they actually did look like Marty McFly. Well, you know, Michael J. Fox and Zoe Deschanel. What if? What if it is, man? What if? Oh my god, that would be insane. That would be. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> um, we also want to give a lastly a shout out to. Uh, I wish I had her. Her name's Magical. What is it, Sanj? Magical, mystical, Miz. Ms. Okay. You have been so supportive. You've been regramming a lot of our stuff, just like 805P and Morgan Grimes. To all of you guys, thank you so much, especially you. Um, Miss, you've been, I'm just going to call you Miss for short because you have a long name. Miss, you've been regramming our stuff, liking all of our photos, and you've been tagging us in photos that we don't even post. And you've been showing us things that we. Like, obviously, we like because we are an 80s podcast and stuff that revolves around Back to the Future, but she's a big Back to the Future fan. Mm-hmm. So, um, thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who's been liking our pictures. You know, you're pretty much the main fan base that got us pretty much started and and just kept us going. So, thank you. And that's the end of the shout outs. Um, do you have anything to add? No, I mean, well, you know, uh, as usual, um, we also, you know, um, gotta give some awesome love to, what was her, the, Christ, I just lost it, where's she at? Oh, here we go. No, that's not it either. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Vir- Virginia, I got Virginia under slash A. Gotta, you know, she's also one that's always, like, giving us love and stuff, you know? Um, and then there is a, a guy too on Instagram, actually, I should have checked it out before we went on, but he was like talking to us and he was talking about, um, Kids Incorporated. I, like, uh, <laughs> I really, yeah, I, I saw that. Like, I, I mean, at first, like I wanted to be, yeah, man, like, let's do it. But I didn't really look at, look into it yet. I'm sorry if you're listening to this, but Mark Abr- Abramson. Yeah. He, 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 that, that's his name. Mark Abramson. Okay. Yeah, because he, he, uh, 
I think he was replying to your post about what albums he has. And he mentioned that he has the Footloose, the original, and then Kids Incorporated Records. And then that's when I started jumping in. Because I was like, Kids Incorporated, dude, I, I remember watching that. But I, I, I remember watching Kids Incorporated. I mean, maybe, I think there are reruns from the 80s. But I was watching that because it was on the Disney Channel. So it was early 90s for me because it was the early uh, Mickey Mouse Club. And then I would, they would show Kids Incorporated before him. But then I told him, I'm like, hey, you ever seen kids songs? I'm like, oh, dude, because it reminded me of that. And then that's when he's yeah, and then he's like, no, that was, he's like, no, I didn't really watch it. That was much later. And I was like, no, because I, I, I forgot that they redid kids songs. Like they, 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 it went all the way to like early 2000s. Because I know kids songs. Yeah. See, and they, they did that later. But in reality, kids songs first appeared in 85. And me and my older brother used to watch that all the time with kids songs. It, it was funny. I, I wish I, I should have looked it up. But when I did, I, all I saw was a bunch of, um, like the current kid songs, but yeah, it was during the eighties and these kids, I don't, I don't even remember how the hell, but the whole intro tells the story where they're, they're the, it's a song and they, they go and they find an abandoned TV station. So they decide to clean it up, put it together and they end up running their own TV station, putting on like music videos called, you know, kid songs. So it's kind of like kids bop, but for the eighties. And then, I mean, it kept going on. And yeah, I, I, and I told yeah. him about that, but I'm like, no, it's an '80s version. So hey, he's Kids like, oh, Bop okay. is not. Hmm. Kate Kids Bop is not even close to what Kids Songs was. Kids Bop is more of an infomercial, if anything, for just today's songs, but sung by kids and the clean versions. That well, that's what I remember of Kids Bop being back in the '80s. Like they would sing current songs or songs at that time. Oh, I thought you were talking about like the old. Kids pop. Well, there, there, there's so many kids pops that that I probably. I mean, the kids pop you're probably talking about is I didn't even know. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't know. <laughs> but um, no, no, no. Why am I saying kids pop? I'm saying kids songs. Correct. Oh, I was, I was just to say it was a kid kids pop. Come yeah, on, I, 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 to, I totally messed up. It's called um kids songs, Bam. and it was from the '80s. Yeah, kids songs <laughs> '80s. Um, yeah. The theme. Oh, look! They actually have the TV theme song from Kid Songs. I hope this is the the original version. It better not be the new version because I'm gonna be mad. Oh no! But it has that stupid. Yeah, no. This is a. Ah. All right. Anyway, pink and blue like puppet or something. Yeah. Like see that that was the 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 new Kid Songs, but the Kid Songs I'm talking about they didn't have these stupid like puppet things it, these kids ran it by themselves they didn't need some magical like you know i like puppets. weird bat or whatever i like puppets too but <laughs> yeah see look this see this is the newer version but it's the same song i remember that song i think yeah it's been a while it's funny it's funny because freaking the song the 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 song and some of the footage they use it's the current show but some of the footage was from like the actual 80s and they just edited it together yeah come on kids song i don't know (laughs) i wish i would have pre i'm an idiot i should look this up okay so you said you had some um freaking you had what shout out right now Birthday shout-outs, and these are very important birthday sh- shout-outs. Right, go for it. Uh, I'm actually going to 
I'm sorry, but I found this out through this Instagrammer, Best of the 80s Movies, and it is Molly Molly Ringwald's birthday today. Yep, she's 46. Yes, and so is Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon's birthday is today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, So happy birthday, Molly and Matt. Oh, (laughs) M.M. Molly and Matt. And you you said earlier, you were like, um, oh, like... I have a, I, I mentioned I had news and you're like, I have news too. I'm like, well, don't tell me because that's the one thing I have an issue with freaking Renata. She'll start talking about stuff. I'm like, stop, save it for the show. I'm like, bastard. So when I mentioned I had like news, uh, 80s uh, related like news that I could bring up, that was one of the things. I knew it was Molly Ringwald's birthday today and she turned 46. But I didn't know it was, um, who'd you say? Matt Damon? Matt Dillon. <laughs> I know, Matt Dillon. Damon, Matt Damon. We'll do it for John. All right, cool. <laughs> John. <laughs> and then I thought it would be perfect. Um, if, if For those of you listening right now, the song that's being played is called, it, it, the band is Altered Images, and it's called Happy Birthday. And that's the song that was featured in 16 Candles. And then that's why I'm on Raleigh Wingworld. Oh, perfect song. So I love this song. Whenever, actually, for those of you who listen to Brothers Bear Podcast, when it was a... Uh, uh, Shweddy's birthday last year I posted this music video on his wall <laughs> I'm like you can never go with enough 80s it's, it's a great birthday song so there you go for, for any other birthdays out there this is for you so okay please let us know when you have if you want a birthday shout out we would love to give our fans a birthday shout out so we like giving shout outs yeah I tell yeah and then now but I think that's good are we go with the well, we're done with the yeah. shout outs. We were, we're doing the news part now. I mean, but now there's a, a little bit of sad 80s news right now. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll get into it. There is a, in, in the world of the 80s world, there is a, a death in the world of 80s today. Um, I'm actually opening it up right here. Here we go. Boom. Okay. Now, this guy here that had passed away, sadly wasn't an original member of the group but was a part of the group but his brother was an original member but they used him and the the person who died is called Bob uh, Casale he he was a uh, uh, the guitarist for Devo he actually played a bunch of uh, other in- instruments for Devo oh yeah but uh yeah he had he had passed away today from uh, from a sudden death from conditions that led to heart failure uh oh. his brother um was uh uh, Gerald uh, Casale. He's one of the original uh, founding members of of Devo because the original members are Gerard Casale, Mark Mothersburg, Bob Mothersburg, and Jesse Freeze. Um, and then you know past members uh, Bob Casale. He was one of them. And yeah, so from from the eighties, um, I, I figured like you know it's it is eighties. You know, even though these guys actually appeared in the late seventies, what made them huge was the song whip it and whip it came out in the freaking 80s you know it came out i think it was 80 like flat out right in in the 80 or 81 i think i could be wrong but um my dad actually has the record whip it oh really yeah i actually no. have it um in my collection of records oh really yeah oh that's awesome now wait okay does he have what is it does he does he have the the freaking the single or the does sing- oh okay okay because I so, thought he had the actual album. Usually the 45s are just one song. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, the album was called Freedom of Choice. That was the album that was fe- that featured Whippet on it. 
So that, that was released on 19, uh, May 16th, 1980. So that album is the one that featured Whip It. And then also had The Girl You Want, uh, freaking, and Freedom of Choice. Um, like, I, I, I mean, Devo, I mean, they're just, I just actually uh, downloaded their discography right now because I have stuff of theirs, but I didn't have everything. I'm like, you know, I need to get some of their stuff. And I was like going through it before the show. I'm like, this is awesome. But originally, I'm just, I'm telling you guys now, I'll get into it later. But you know what? Nah, screw it. We should just uh, we should just get into Renata's uh, fashion beat, and I'll bring up what I was about to say towards the end of the show during my Sanchez records. All right, so get into it, Renata. It's your time for your magical beat. Okay. Well, on this episode of Renata's fashion beat, I actually like that. I want to keep that um, little introduction. Thanks, Renata's Renata's fashion beat. Renata's fashion beat. Awesome. It has a nice little, like, you know, just ring to it. Um, since, you know, spring is coming up, spring is coming up, and right now it hasn't feeling too much springish at all here in Philadelphia. It's cold as ever, but we hope spring comes along, and we figured, I figured, like, you know, let's just put some, like, what's coming out for the spring of 2014, and... It's floral printed dresses and a lot of pastel colors, which floral prints and pastel colors were very popular in the 80s. It was a lot of mint greens, baby pinks, light purples, um, baby blues, a lot of very light colors. And I mean, it does bring it does bring more spring into it and um, the messy bun look. So, like, girls, if you're feeling lazy, which I know a lot of us do with a lot of hair, if you do have a lot of hair, um, just wrap it up in a bun and just take your baby hairs and put them on the side wait, of your you, ear. Wait, hold on, hold on. Baby hairs? What the hell's that? Baby hairs. Like, like, you know, you're... Do I have to show you? Okay. I'm literally showing Sanj right now what baby hairs are. So, you see, like... You just bring this down, like they're like little flurry baby hairs, like right by the side of the ear. See you mean, how? Like your sideburns, basically. They're not sideburns. Sideburns are these. What? Well, what? What? What makes those baby hairs compared to the rest of your freaking hair? Because it's shorter than the rest of my hair. And then that's what everyone calls them, baby hair. Well, I guess in South Philadelphia they call them baby hairs. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I don't know. What the, all right, so so the so if we asked your mom right now, she'd be like, if you said, "Mom, what do they call these?" She'd know it's baby hair. Yes, she would call them baby hairs. Now, if we asked your dad, he'd be like, "I don't know." <laughs> My dad, I think, would know. Really? Know Being uh, in a house full of girls for like years, I think he's gonna know. Well, that's a good quiz. All right, I I know they're gonna be listening to this, so you tell me when you listen it to to it. Tell me, and then we'll report back the following episode. Okay. Also, um, for accessories, a lot of bracelets and rings. So, who cares if there's more than one or two rings on your fingers? Um, that's the look nowadays. That was popular in the '80s, along with a lot of bracelets like Madonna, but not the rubber bracelets, but a lot of um, very nice costume jewelry or even real jewelry on your wrist. So it's a lot of very elaborate um, accessories. So we have, so just to wrap it all up, we got the floral prints, especially with dresses or pants or, or shirts. 
and a lot of pastel colors, which is, which if you don't know what pastel is, again, it's all your lights, like your light greens, mint greens, baby Basically pinks. Easter colors. Easter colors. We're going to call them Easter colors. I like that. That's what it is. It's Easter colors. So if you're wondering what pastel, as a, as, if you're a guy listening be like, I don't know what pastel is, Easter colors. That's what pastel is. And by the way, this mostly goes to girls. I mean, if, guys, if you want to go pastel. Well, there's guys listening, so they're probably, like, confused as me. Like, what, what the hell is she talking about? <laughs> well, this, this goes out to girls, this uh, fashion beat, this episode. But um, And then we got the messy bun, like I said, and take your baby hairs and you put them on the side of your ears. And um, just and, and if your bun's messy, who cares because it's the style. And it was like that in the 80s. And like I said, a lot of bracelets and rings. Ooh, awesome. So go all out. And that's the end of my fashion beat. And there you go. End of Renad's fashion beat. Cool. Yeah. Yay. All right. Cool. Okay. So today's movie, before we get into it, I always do something special. And we always talking about like, all right, what, what, the day the movie was released, I always do, you know, the number one song of the time and all this and that. So it's like, all right. So it's like, what, what uh, it's like. I'm always afraid that it'll be a song that we've used previously, but like, luckily, finally, like when it, because a lot of the movies we kept doing ended up being a 1985, 1985, even when we did The Wedding Singer, and it's like, well, Wedding Singer was 96, well, let's do when the movie was based, okay, the movie's based in 1985, um, but then it's like, great, it's like, uh, and we're trying to figure out, it's like, yeah, it's the damn same song, so I had to do something different, um, so so oh and actually you know what they messed up on the wedding singer uh if on on the on the on the wedding singer they um remember how we were trying to figure out when it's released yeah the year it's released okay well in the in in the actual there's no month right but the actual move uh movie what they say it says oh it was released in 1985 and I was just like, okay, like 1985. I'm like, well, they don't have a month or anything. And then I was started thinking about, well, what do they, what, do, what do they do in that in that movie that like kind of you could pay attention and be like, oh, when, well, when when did this happen or when did that happen? Well, if you notice, there's a scene. I think it's um, oh yeah yeah yeah. When when Robbie's gonna take care of the kids, his his nephews and the the, the his sister's gonna go out on a date with that one guy. Remember? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a part where he's like, "Come on, we gotta go," and then he's like, "Wait, hold on." He's like, "Somebody just shot Jr." Remember? He's like, "Who shot?" Because yeah. it's a reference to something huge that happened on TV in the '80s on Dallas. It was the whole "Who shot Jr." And then it was cool because in The Simpsons in the '90s did something similar, like where "Who shot Mr. Burns," and you know it was massive. So he's referencing like, "Hold on, someone just shot Jr. I think he's dead." You know, so. Unless he was watching the rerun, I doubt it. To him, it had to be new because it's something that he... It was so massive, everybody knew at the time. So, if they're basing it off of that, from that scene, the movie had to take place November 21st, 1980. Because that's... Um, oh, wait, no, no, no. It was uh, March 21st, 1980. March 21st. They, and it, was, it wasn't until November 21st when they told us who was the one that did it. But on March 21st... But... So, like, how can it be 1985, you know, five years later, and the brother or the that guy, I forget his character's name, barely be knowing. He's, he's, a, he's a brother-in-law. 
it that that was uh, his sister's husband. Yeah, the sister's husband, and he that's why he's like, hold on, he's like, someone just shot Jr. I think he's dead, you know. And he's finding out for the first time. Did he not know what Dallas was? I mean, it was one of the biggest television television events at that time, and he's barely finding out. That's why it's like I know sometimes when like the one thing about the Goldbergs, I love that he do, that they do. It's nineteen eighty something because then they can reference so many things, so you can't have an exact date. But sometimes you can, like when he wants to go see Polter. I can never say Polter guys. Poltergeist. guys. Okay, when they go see that, you can base, okay, when that movie was released, you can look it up. It was around that time. Oh, when he's playing Legend of Zelda, okay, it was around that time. But it's smart for them to say 1980-something, where Wedding Singer, they flat out say 1985, yet JR happened 1980, like when he got shot. So, I don't know. I, well, I don't well, even I know why I got into that. I think it was more of a, a joke. No, it, it, it is a joke. But it's to reference, like, these things happen in the 80s. Like, let's try to show you as much, but they messed up. Continuity-wise, like, to get things in line, it doesn't make sense. I don't know. I'm just I'm yeah. just bitching about <laughs> for no reason. Okay, anyways. All right, so this week, <laughs> this song, like I said, the, the, the day, uh, the, the, Christ, I just lost the movie. Where the hell is it? Okay, September 25th, 1987. So I looked up what the song was, and... This song here, honestly, is the one song I always skip from the album. And it's Michael Jackson off the album Bad called I Just Can't Stop Loving You. <laughs> Good song. Liar. I don't know, we gotta ask Kimmy that, which is my mother, by the way. She... She talked about Michael Jackson in episode four and said she loved all the albums, especially Off the Wall I, and the Thriller I, album. Hey, you know what? Your parents probably like this song. You know why? I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm seriously like just assuming because of what they said. But it said it reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 <laughs> and also R&B and adult charts. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was number one on the R&B charts, and they said they loved R&B. And this is, I mean, this is like, this is the one song off of Bad that I'm like, I skip. Like after Man of the Man in the Mirror, I skip over this song and I jump right over to Di Dirty Diana. Like we got, you know, Man in the Mirror, you know, and then right when I just can't stop loving you starts, and I'm like weak, and then I jump right to Dirty Diana. And then that's it. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it made number one, but it only it only lasted for, like, I think two weeks. I, I mean, I, I wasn't a fan of that one. I mean, bad You're is... just more of an upbeat person. Like, you like upbeat songs rather than you like slow songs. Oh, hell no. You're completely wrong about that. I love a lot of mellow... Especially a lot of the stuff I'm currently listening to right now is very mellow. I love melodic. Like, I love slow. Like, ballads. Like, I like that stuff. But this is... From this one, I don't like this one. Like... I mean, I like a lot of the, you know, a lot of the... Like it. Huh? Name the reasons why you don't like it. I I don't know. It, I, I wasn't a fan of it. It's just, it's a cheap song. It's pretty weak. I know it was number one, but there's so much more, like, better songs off of Bad than this song. You know, I, I just can't stop loving you. I can't stop hating you. This song sucks. <laughs> I didn't like it, you know. I, I seriously wasn't a fan of this song. And it was the first single from this album 
to uh, to be number one. Good. Or no, I, yeah, it was number, and then it was the first single. I don't know. Like I said, it wasn't a wasn't one of my favorite from this album. It was literally bad. <laughs> so, so yeah. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. All right. I'm bad. Where we at in time? Ooh, perfect timing. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Last week, Renata chose wedding singer, and I and I said, okay, it's my turn. But we kept it in line of the happiness of the lovey-dovey. So I thought this week, you know what? I'm gonna choose one of one of my actually, yeah, you know, it is one of my favorite movies from the '80s, and um. I guess even one of those love stories because a lot of people are like all about like oh I love Pretty in Pink you know like that's one of the favorites when you say what's your favorite 80s like love story oh Pretty in Pink you know say anything but honestly mine has to be The Princess Bride so that's that's my choice is um this week we're doing The Princess Bride yay I don't know if uh you know what I'll just give you a a quick synopsis of what the princess bride is the princess bride is actually just a story within a a a movie in a in a way what it is it's a you know there's a there's a kid you know freaking you know Kevin Arnold you know he's sick you know he's right there in his bed you know and um you know uh Columbo comes over and he says I'm gonna read your book you know and he says and he starts sounding, he's like, you know, got good story, you know, and he, he's like, he's like, it has uh, pirates and uh, monsters and giants, you know, he says all that stuff, and and he's like, you know, because he tells him, like, it's a love story, he's like, oh, a love story, he's like, I don't want to hear this nonsense, get out of here, grandpa, you know, and he's like, and he decides, because he's sick, and it's cool, like, now... At that time, if you watch it, it's just whatever. Now, if you watch that movie and you see that opening scene, it's just filled with nostalgia all behind him. You see all these toys, like his little He-Man. Look at the posters on the wall. Like, it's it's cool. And you see the classic old Doritos bag in there. <laughs> but but it's cool. And he, and he decides to read him a story. And the story that he reads him is called The Princess Bride. You know, and it's about... It's basic... Like, the best way to put it, it's a romantic comedy fantasy uh film you know it was directed by rob reiner uh he also did this is spinal tap uh if ever a point we're gonna i'm gonna go to a concert renata's gonna go to a concert soon i think that would be a good film to to you know talk about it has a lot of like great lines you know massive lines came out of this but it's just a it's a story about a, a, a boy and a girl who fall in love and then um He's just trying to get her back, you know? I mean, I don't... I mean, the hell with the plot because we're going to get into it so we could fully explain to it. So, uh, yeah. as always, you know, I want to ask Renata. She she said she uh, saw it just, you know, recently to catch up for the episode. She's like, oh, I need to watch it again so I could... So, Renata, give us your love. Okay. Um, the Princess Bride, my love for it. Um, I love fairy tales. I love happy endings. I love, you know... That whole true love's first kiss or true love's love, you know, and I, I really, I really think um, Wesley is such a good-looking actor and character, especially um, I think is um, uh, Carrie Ellis or Elvis. That yeah. you say it, Carrie. Carrie. Yeah. Um, he was in Robin Hood Men in Tights, if you never saw that great movie, Mel Brooks. Don't um, say it's a classic, because you call everything a classic. It's a great it's film, a but it's not that old. 
Mel Brooks is a classic. Well, he is, but all right. Y- y- um, let's just say like <laughs> Young Frankenstein, classic. Uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, not a classic yet. It's still, it's not as old. Stop calling every movie a classic. It's not necessarily. Okay, listen, really great. It's not necessarily classic meaning old. Classic meaning like it's so good, it's too good. Like classic. That's Get so classic. You that, I guess that's just the, the South Philly thing that we say. We we call everything classic. Oh, that's so classic. Classic. I know. I say classic. I don't say classic. <laughs> okay, I just had to bring that up there. But um. I, what I really love about the movie is the awesome actors that are in it. I mean, you have um, uh, Mandy um, uh, Pitkin. Wait, Pit. How do you say his last name? Who? The guy who played uh, Indigo. Pat Inkin. Pattenkin. Yeah, he was in. He's, he plays Saul in um, Homeland. He's a very good actor. I thought he was hysterical. Um, Robin Wright, she plays Jenny in, uh, Forrest Gump, if you don't know that. I'm just naming probably things that people already know, Billy Crystal playing, um, Max. Wait, name something Billy Crystal was in. Um, (laughs) analyze this, analyze that, when Harry met Sally, um. All right. What what, what, what was that all about? (laughs) I don't know. It's because you're naming everything, so I figured you'd... I'm like, all right, well... And then you just said Billy Crystal. And I'm like, well, give him some props and name something, you know? Oh, well, I love Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal is probably one of my favorite actors. He's just funny. Even in his, like, new rule, new um, uh, new movies that he's in, like Parental Guidance, you know, he's with um, uh, Bette Midler. Like, they play grandparents, and they have to um, take care of, like, their daughter's kids. But enough about (laughs) Friends of God. Really? You like that movie? That movie, like, flopped. Uh, But if you watch it, it's actually a really good movie. It's a really good family movie. All right. I'll watch it, you know. We'll see. Yeah, watch it. Like, and just remember, Lights Out Alice. That's, that's like, the the thing that he says. Because he's he's a radio um, host. Um, really quick, he's a radio host for this uh, minor league baseball team. He's been he's done it for years. Yeah. And whenever he had his show, it was called uh, Lights Out Alice, and that was his daughter, meaning like go to bed. And he recently gets fired, and he doesn't tell his daughter, but he tells his wife. And it, it's just like here they have to take care of their grandkids. They haven't seen him forever, and it, it's it's a really good movie. It's a good family movie. But um. What oh, else? okay. Uh, well, how's, yeah, your, but the how's pr- your friend? My friend. Yeah. It just so happens your friend here is only mostly dead. There's a big difference between mostly dead and all dead. Mostly dead <laughs> is slightly alive. With all dead, well, with all the dead, there's usually one thing you can do. <laughs> Give me the 65 and we have a deal. <laughs> <laughs> you are a rotten liar. <laughs> Your first story was better. <laughs> I, I love that. I always forget how he calls that sandwich. Is that damn sandwich? Is that the mutton? I, I can never say the sandwich, but he he talks about a sandwich in that scene, and I like it. I don't, I, I'm sorry. I had to interrupt. I mean, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it goes. It's um, 
He's like, Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world except for a nice MLT mutton lettuce and tomato sandwich. <laughs> With the mutton is nice and lean and the tomato is ripe. Mm. Mm. <laughs> They're so perky. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that thing is awesome. No, I, I love for um, uh, uh, Ingo Montoya. He says, he's like, I'm going to kill you. You want me to give you a rope? Like he's trying to like, trying to get him up the the, the mountain when um, Wesley's trying to climb up the mountain to save Buttercup. Yeah. And he's like, he, and he's trying to have a conversation. And he's like, wait, take your rest, take your time. And he's like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And they're just sitting there talking and having a good time. And then like. Friggin' like he's like, okay, you ready? Yeah, and <laughs> they're he, having a conversation after sword fighting. And he goes, he's like, I'm sorry, but you, you know, you're gonna have to die, or right? Is that he saying? He's like, well, I, I'm gonna hate to die. Oh, no, damn it! He's like, I'm gonna have to kill you. And I was like, well, I'm gonna hate. I'm gonna have. Ah, damn it! I messed up the line, but I can't remember the line per- perfectly. But I know he says that. He's like, I'm going to have to kill you now. And I'm, he's like, well, I'm gonna hate to have to die, or something like that. Like I like that yeah, subtle. Wait, what? It was something I have to like that I have to die. Yeah. Well, I hate to have to die. Yeah. Well, I hate to die. You know. But oh, Christ, I can't remember. I I, I should have looked up that stupid line. It's gonna bug me now. Um. <laughs> but but I like that. And at that point, he wasn't Wesley. He was the Men in Black. You know. So um. And then he would ask him. He's like. He's like. He's like. Do you have a happen to have six fingers? And he takes up. He puts his hands up. And he's like. Oh. Okay. He's like, yeah, I've been trying to look for the, my father. But we'll get into Inigo. I mean, continue going. Go for it. Oh, no. And then, like, I, I just had, there was a lot of, like, great funny moments. Like, you could see where the humor came from Wesley. Um, like, when he did Robin Hood Men in Tights. Which actually, which is pretty cool, is he kind of looks like Earl Flynn. Mm-hmm. which he also played Robin Hood. So they were both characters that played Robin Hood, very masculine, sword-fighting, saviors, heroes that gets the woman, you know. And, like, they, I think they look exactly alike, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And, here, you know, and they're both very good-looking. Well, Earl Flynn <laughs> looks good-looking. Yeah. And, um... I just I just think has a lot of character, has a lot of comedy, especially when he sees um whatchamacallit, the guy with the six fingers for the first time and he makes a joke, he's like, You have six fingers. My friend's looking for you. And then he gets knocked over in the head. <laughs> but overall it's a it's a great fun movie and it's a must see, especially during this month of February, even though it is coming to an end. So. Yeah. Well we, we still got what, one more movie? It doesn't matter. Yep. I mean, it does have a good love story, but that's the thing. Like, like the the part where freaking Kevin Amold earlier in the movie, you know, he's right there with his grandfather, and Columbo's like trying to tell him the story, and he's all like, um, he's like, oh, he's like, you know, it sounds like a sappy love story. Like, it would be your like, I you could be as a child because let me let me give you this back a little history about this film and me. When I was a kid, I had a friend, um, he moved, he, he moved in fourth grade. He moved into a house down the street. Well, when I was in fourth grade, he was in third. He was always a grade lower to me. And one of my buddies came over and he's like, dude, this guy, he has a super Nintendo. And I'm like, what? I'm like, bad. And I went over. And then from there, like we were like best friends. I went over his house every day. And the thing was, we would watch movies all the time because they would rent them. And then they would make copies of them, and they would have their own copy. 
and cons- like every day I would go over from morning till night like especially in the summer obviously in the summer I was there all day I would sleep over all the time we'd watch movies constantly over and over one of, one of my favorite movies we would all watch together even with my little brother because he was around then was UHF we'll do that movie soon but the one thing is like one of the movies that I was just meh about is they're like Princess Bride and he's like oh he's like we're gonna watch Princess I'm like, oh, man. And I, I don't know why. I hated that movie at the time because I thought it was a stupid, cheesy love story, like, fantasy. And I was like, oh, I'm not having it. You know, I don't, I don't want to see this crap. You know, I was like, and I, and I never liked it. It wasn't until years later. It was probably 2006, maybe. Uh, let me see. I'm actually going to, hopefully I can find it. Uh, Christ. Yeah, it, it, okay, it, no, 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 you know what, it, it had to be maybe 2005, 2005, um, I, or even before that, Allie had told me, she was like, I love, or Allie is, you know, my wife, she told me, I love The Princess Bride, it's my favorite movie of all time, this and that, so, I went and in 05, I went and bought her the special edition DVD and I bought it for her. She's like, oh, I love this movie. I'm going to watch it. And her friends were over because it was her birthday and stuff. And I was like, eh, you know, I'll watch it. And I watched it and I loved, I fell in love with that. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been missing out on this whole freaking time. Like this movie is freaking awesome. This whole time I just had so much hate for it. And now like this movie's awesome. And... <coughs> And it's where I found love with this movie, and from that point on, man, like every time it's on, like I'll watch it. I, you know, I have, I have the, I don't know why I don't have the Blu-ray, but I have the DVD, you know, and I watch, I watch the commentary, everything. I, I mean, the the lines, the the quotes, like I always laugh every time, especially the part when the first. I don't know why, but this always makes me laugh, and it's when they, when they show up to Miracle Max's house, and he's like, "Go away, I'll call the Brute Squad." He's like. I am the Bruce Squad, you know, and then he goes, he looks at him, he's like, you are the Bruce Squad, <laughs> you know, it's that typical, like, where you make a comment, and you say, like, you know, you're like, man, you're stupid, I'm like, your face is stupid, it's literally one of those jokes, because he says, he's like, he's like, I'm gonna call the Brute Squad, he's like, I am the Brute Squad, he's like, you are the Brute Squad, <laughs> like, you, you know, and, and, I, you know, it's, it's, it's good humor, it's like, yeah, it has a love story, but there's enough stuff for guys. Like there, you know, there's a there's literally there's adventures, there's there's sword fighting, like real good fencing. You know, I mean, Inigo Montoya, you know, has that famous line that everybody freaking would always quote. When you quote, Inigo Montoya, yeah, <laughs> you killed my father, prepared to die. There's two <laughs> quotes that everybody like. People quote this movie all the time. Like the well, the other one. Have fun storming the castle. You know, people say that too. But I think the number, the the two top lines that people quote from this movie is, can you, I, I, I mean, I, I always hate putting you on the spot, but you already guessed one. Can you guess what the other line is that people always quote from this movie? As you wish. Actually, you know what? I'm going to have to say uh, that is one of them, but it's not the top two. But that is... Are you kidding me? How is that not the top two? Because the other line that I can hear all the time is, inconceivable, that line. People say that all... I always see that on on memes and... Is that uh, Wallace Shawn says that? No, it's the the T-Rex. I'm just I'm giving all these characters different names. He he you know he put he does the voice of the T Rex in Toy Story. You know 
Oh yeah, <laughs> Rex. <laughs> yeah, Rex. Um, I didn't put it together. <laughs> I, but yeah, he 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 always he says that throughout, and I like the part where he's like he's like you keep saying that. He's like I don't think you think you know what that you know what it what the ah oh, Christ. Why am I messing up all the lines today? I don't know. I'm kind of I'm a little tired today. But I mean, it's a great movie. Quotable, funny. You had some great actors, you know, well-directed by Rob Reiner. And then you have two stories taking place. You have the one where it's the grandfather and and his grandson. He's reading them in the story. You have that going on. And it goes back and forth when at one point he stopped reading. He's like, and he's like, wait, what happened? He's like, I think we had enough. You, you look you look nervous. And he's like, no, you know. Uh, or he, he looks scared. And he's like, no, 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 you know, I was just, you know. And he's like, all right. And then. You know, he kind of messes up and like, but I like it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good film. Um, Like I said, uh, there's something about this movie I wanted to share with uh, Renata. I don't think she knows this and I want to share this with the audience. And when you watch this movie, it's honestly going to make you look back at this scene and feel something more. And, and, And it's actually from the DVD. I'm going to play this, and um, obviously we don't own the rights, but we're just fans, and, and it's just a small clip, and I just want to show you, so so here we go. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. I'd lost my father in 1972. It just hit a chord with me that I want my father back just like he does. Father, I have failed you for 20 years. Now our misery can end. The reason I made the movie was coming to fruition, which was I was going to get the cancer that killed my father. And I remember we were outside that castle, and I took a walk in this beautiful moat, and I just kept talking to my dad, saying, I'm going to write it. I'm going to write this wrong. I want my father back, you son of a bitch. And in my mind, I feel that when I killed that six-fingered man, I killed the cancer that killed my father. And for a moment, he was alive. And my fairy tale came true. Did you hear that? I heard bits and pieces of it. It was, I, I, I pretty much got the gist of it. Okay, so, because I, I figured that I had made sure the audio, so the audience could hear it. I knew you were going to have a struggle. But what it was is that... Um, uh, Inigo Montoya, the actor, he, uh, Mandy Pinkton or Pinkerton or whatever, um, he talks about that when he, he had lost his father to cancer. And what happens at that point was that he, he felt like, um, he, he went out, he, he said before a certain scene, he went out there and he was like walking around and he, he was talking to like his father. And he felt like he was going to right the wrong. And that scene, when you watch that scene, and when he stabs the six-finger man, he's like, my name is Inigo Montoya. He's like, he's like, you killed my father. He's like, you son of a bitch, you know. Um, and he's like, you know, the whole thing, when he kills him, to, to him inside, he was killing the cancer that killed his father. So when he killed him, like the way he acted, played that, like when you're looking at that scene to him, that's real. That's real emotion because he's not seeing an actor that he's stabbing an actor like, you know, oh, he's he, right at that moment. He's envisioning that he's killing 
the cancer that killed his father. So he had that character, like he 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 actually connected with that character because in that movie, you know, he's 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 going around looking for the man who killed his father, and he trained for years so he would have that opportunity that one day to face the man who killed his father. You know, and that's why. And he said he left on that scar. Like when he saw he killed his father, he went and he tried to challenge him, and he, you know, he left him and he left him the scar on his face. So that's when you know, and and, and this was cool. So every time I watch that movie, I always remember that story he says. He talks about it, and when I see that scene, I see that this is a man like really, truly in that moment. He feels like he just defeated and killed the thing that killed his father, and he said it for that moment his father was alive, you know, and it's awesome. So like, that's the one thing maybe, uh, you know, not a lot of people love watching the, you know, behind the scenes, the documentaries on DVDs, Blu-rays, but you seriously should, because sometimes you get more out of what the person was doing or thinking when they were acting certain scenes. And that, that's one of them that, that just really makes the character even more like likable love. Like you just love this character. You root for him because you're like, you want him to avenge, his his father and it's and the one thing that adds the comedy to this movie when it comes to that story is when he first meets the six-fingered man he turns around and runs off (laughs) he runs away like a baby i mean like i said it's funny uh i mean okay you weren't born yet but the, the the i mean maybe you were watching it but the one thing about the 80s is when it comes to like pop culture was wrestling the 80s was huge with wrestling and one of the 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 giants of wrestling aside from hulk hogan was a giant himself andre the giant i remember me and my brother watching (laughs) wrestlemania like with you know what seeing andre the giant and then just seeing andre the giant in this movie like as not a bad guy because he was portrayed as a bad guy in wwf but seeing him as a lovable wholesome you know what is it fesnick right that's how you would pronounce it i like i like his voice doggy paddle you know (laughs) when he tells him he's like go get her you know and then that's he's like he's like i can't swim and then he's like i need doggy paddle (laughs) i like his voice you know he's a he's a i i like him you know he's like hello lady um which mccall there's a lot of like things about uh certain characters that um, in the movie that I thought were pretty um, cool. Um, like, they do talk about Andre the Giant and how um, it says Andre the Giant was the Goldman's first pick to play Fezzik when the film was being uh, optioned in the 70s, but he could not make the commitment. As a result, Arnold Schwarzenegger was considered, but he was happily too famous by the time the movie got made. So actually, Arnold Schwarzenegger was actually going to play Andre the Giant's part. He's going to play Fezzik, but he got to Hollywood and said, I don't want to do it. Wow. That's, I didn't mm-hmm. even know that. That's shocking. Yeah. Um, it, it actually, there's more. Um, Andre was available. Although he had undergone back surgery prior to the film shoot, uh, Robin Ryder, who played Buttercup, recalled that he was in far too much pain to be able to hold her at the end of the film, so she was held up with wires to prevent him from having to take the weight. When he when asked about his favorite part of shooting, Andre said, Nobody looks at me, being just another actor on the set full of quirky talent, where no one made issue of his height, 
made the giant feel like he fit right for once. So he actually had bad back problems. So he couldn't do a lot of the things that he was really supposed to do in the movie. Yeah. I remember that, and that I, he did have back problems. He said, I think one of the scenes that was tough on him was, you know, when he first meets the man in black, uh, the, was it dread pirate Roberts? Um, uh, he, when he, you know, there's a scene where he jumps on his back when he's throwing the rocks. Like I yes. know he said like that, that was, that was hard for him. Um, but anyways, go on. Yeah, it was really, it was really, really hard for him. They also talk about Billy Crystal, like, and how much of a, of a fun, like he was just, he was just a jokester. Yeah. Like this Billy Crystal was apparently too funny to work with. Rob Reiner claimed that he had to leave the set wherever the, where, whenever like Crystal was shooting scenes because he couldn't hold his laugh. And <laughs> Mandy uh, Pekikin admitted that the most serious injury he got on set was a bruised rib, which he obtained while trying not to laugh at Miracle Max, <laughs> which is like a bonus trivia. Uh, the bonus uh, book trivia, Miracle Max and his wife, Valerie, were named after William Goldman's parents. Oh, right on. That's awesome. So Max and Valerie were Goldman's parents, which I thought was pretty cool. And then they do talk about um, Mandy Pekikin, where he played um, Inigo. Like, you know, how, like, when he did do that fighting scene, that last fighting scene, and with the six-fingered man, it was, they do talk about how the cancer and, like, how he thought that he was killing his father's cancer. Oh, okay. Yeah, there, there's a lot of information that you can find, and I I think it's pretty interesting and pretty cool at the same time. I think the one, like you said, that you were really shocked with, which I was pretty shocked with, was Arnold Schwarzenegger was actually going to play um, Andre the Giant's part before yeah. he came into play. Damn. I, was- I, you know what? Now that I think about it, I know there's a story about uh, Andre the Giant because... This was last year. They had, I was in like one of, I think it was just one of those screenings of, it might have been an anniversary screening of The Princess Bride. And it was up like in some, not not in Hollywood, but close by. And me and Allie went and Carrie uh, Ellis uh, was there. And he did a Q&A yeah. afterwards. And I recorded a lot of the Q&A so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to look for the footage. I know it's in my computer, uh, and there's she took a picture with him, but it sucked because my flash was so bright that he looks white, like he looks like a ghost, and it's <laughs> oh man, you know, so he looks terrible. But I'm gonna I'm gonna find the footage and I'll post it on our Instagram so that you could hear a lot of some of the footage. You know, I wish it's what I hate our our, our Facebook pages. Like if it was my personal one, I could upload video. But our our pages, like the the eighty eight page, you can't load load video. It sucks, you know. Really? Yeah, like it doesn't give you that option where like I can do it for my personal, but it doesn't, you know, because I wanted to upload That's stuff. Awesome. But anyways, but I know he told a lot of stories, and I wish I could remember. But I'm like, I can't remember any of the stories, and they were funny, and he talked about certain things, and I cannot remember for the life of me. But I know that he would. What what happened is like Andre the Giant, he would always go out and get drunk he would drink you know but it would take a lot for him to get drunk because you know one little beer to him is nothing you know um but yeah like it, it, it 
it's it's very you know it's it's sad uh if you watch that that thing i talked about on this on the dvd you know they they talk about reminiscing that he's just a, 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 a literally uh he's a he's a giant but like a sweetheart like a, a you know he's a giant bear you know it's um i don't know this this movie <laughs> it, you know it, it, come on like i it's a you know, Today we got all here for my wedge, you know. Everyone always freaking quotes that stupid thing too, like my wedge. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> we could just can talk, keep talking about how much we love this movie, but it it it's it's freaking. What better way? We're not even recommending you to watch this because chances are you've already seen this movie. But we want to know what you love about this movie. Like, tell us. Like, seriously, like. Go on our Instagram or go on our Facebook and just tell us your love for these movies that we tell talk about because we want to know why you love them because we're just sharing what the hell we love about this movie. Like, here, check this out, you know. But, like, you know, we want to know what our fans think, you know. I know there is one thing, though. You know the pit of despair where they take him and they torture him? Yes. In the actual book, I guess it's, like, many different levels to get, you know, and... And what ha- and I wish I mean obviously money money reasons production costs, but there's supposed to be a scene where in Inigo and uh, Inigo Montoya you know and freaking Fesnick they they go save him you know they go save Wesley but they have to fight their way down to the pit of despair like there's different levels and they're fighting all these different monsters and creatures just to get to him and save him I'm like oh my gosh i wish they could have fought like if they remade this movie you know obviously like they could have the production cost to do that but i wish like it would have been like that makes them even more of heroes knowing that they could have died saving this man because of his love he has for a woman like that's awesome like you know i don't that's, know it's cool that is really cool I mean, you know, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in the book. I mean, there's, I mean, obviously, there's a lot more, you know. I mean, everybody move. <laughs> I don't know. It's, um, it's, uh, Christ. I mean, what what else do you have to say about this movie? Um, that, just that, like, um, there's just one thing that I found that was pretty humorous was, um, he literally, cl- um, when, um, Wesley is the, the men in black. The man in black, and he's climbing up the rock, and you know he doesn't get a lick of dust or scratches off his shirt in that whole scene. Like, like he's he's perfectly dressed through that whole fighting scene with Indigo and um, Fesnick and um, I forget what the other guy's name is. Oh, well, I'm just gonna call him um, Wallace Sean, like Wallace Sean, and. Um, He's perfectly clean. I think it's Viz, Viz, Vizny or Viz, Vizini or Vizini, something like that. Yeah, Vizini. Vizini. Remember, and, he's a Sicilian. Yeah, I'm a Sicilian. I switched the cups. <laughs> yeah, he's like, because I know no. that you know that I know. You know, well, no, that's actually Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Whoops, wrong quote. Close, similar. He's like, he's like, I knew that you would switch, and then whatever. But wait, he's Sicilian. That's Italian, right? Yes. Are if you guys related Sicil- to him? Not just kidding. <laughs> they say about Sicilians is um, if you're a Sicilian, you're very hardhead, meaning like you don't take things lightly and you won't take no for an answer, and you're very just stubborn. You're a very stubborn individual. Well, well, okay, so, 
Sicilian. What are you guys like? Where your where does your Italian lie? Like, what, so there's a difference of like Sicilians and what like. Okay. What hmm. Well, out of all of Italy, there's di- of course there's different places. Um, I'm Calabrese, which I'm from Calabria. Um, Nobili Don, which is from Naples. Um, what else? Um, Abruzzi. Uh, so I'm so I'm Abruzzi, Nobili Don, and Calabrese. Calabrese is more of a salt. Like Calabria is more uh, um, near the end of the boot. I should say it's more. It's, it's like mm-hmm. I think, it's, I think it, it's more south. Naples is middle, the middle of, of Italy, and then Abruzzi. I think is I think it's more north, but then it's um, it's closer to the middle. But um, I'm just I'm from those three places. Right on. Okay. Well, anyways, go on. That's a little trivia. But um, so, but then when he finally gets Buttercup after everything said on, after he fights the three guys, he all of a sudden, like, his shirt gets tur- turned, he gets lit on fire, he gets bitten, he like you know falls in a sand pit, like you know like all these bad things happen where like his wardrobe is practically destroyed, like his his yeah. whole outfit, like none of those things happened when he was trying to like save you know Buttercup like from the three men like you know what i mean like but once he so you're saying that women are just trouble <laughs> you put it in that sort of way if you think about it it's kind of what you're saying because beforehand before he gets her no not even a scratch on him and then the moment he has her just trouble he's all getting yeah you're getting bit attacked burned everything almost dies I guess those, those, you know those huge rat things freak me out. Moral of the Every- story: women are trouble. <laughs> well, yeah, those rats. I, it, it, obviously, they're like little guys in suits, but those rats look like I remember. Those, those, those are freaky. Those are freaky rats. I mean, even I know. Even looking today, it doesn't really look bad. It looks like oh, okay, they're, they're freaking rats. They're scary. Yeah, like it, it's free. It, like it's just that like they were unbeatable. <sighs> Yeah, like you know, like you just throw them over and you just stab them and like, but they really made it show like these rats were like stronger than Wesley. It was like, you know, it wasn't weird. I should say, but it was freaky. Yeah, like, it was like just kill that thing already. It's nasty. <laughs> All right, we're gonna do a new segment real quick because uh, normally I always do voices. So now I'm gonna we're gonna have Renata do some voices since this movie has f- filled with character and voices. So first off. Vizzini. Give us your best Vizzini. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, don't make fun of me after this episode airs, because I'm trying my best. Oh, God. Okay, okay wait. I'm not going to... Okay, I'm just going to do it, and I'm just going to try to do it. I'm Sicilian. I switched the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now give us uh, Fesnik. Fesnik. Or physic. I, I don't even know. I always call them physic. Like, it's like physic. That's why that physic. was the joke. There you go. Yeah. You want a peanut? Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, um, let me see. What's one of his lines? Okay, the doggy paddle one, okay. All I do is doggy paddle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, give us, give us Inigo Montoya. My name is Ziva Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. 
<laughs> All right, give us um, your best Wesley. God, Wesley is like, it reminds me of a preppy Brit. Um, I don't know. Um, hey, you have six fingers. My friend's looking for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Miracle Max, the last one. <laughs> I, oh, my God. Uh, I don't That's a hard one. That's a really, really hard one. Um, 65 and you got a deal. I mean, it was, I don't know. I just, I can't. <laughs> you just sound like a little kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Any last words on this movie? Um, it's a great film. If you haven't seen it, please watch it. It's very entertaining. You can watch it probably a thousand times. You'll fall in love with every single one of the characters. And you know practically all of them because they're all like pretty big stars. Well, I mean, except for um, the guy who plays Wesley, uh, uh, Gary. Carrie. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it, it's it's full, full of love, comedy, and it's, I mean, it has its drama moments, but it's it's on the it's on the verge of being more comedy than anything, just romantic. But please, like I said, for the thousandth time, go watch it. <laughs> yeah, watch it before Humperdinck gets you and puts you in the pit of despair. When does he kill Humperdinck? Does he kill him? <laughs> oh, wait, no, Humperdinck, don't they just tie him to a chair and leave him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, something else. No, but like, I love how, like, um, the grandson's like, it's like, did they kill him? Did they kill Prince Humperdinck? <laughs> yeah. Like, like he was like all for the for him dying. You know, I just want to end off with this. Like, what I really love about this this movie, honestly, is the the relationship with the grandfather and the son. Like, that's honestly the best thing from the movie because it starts off with the son playing his Nintendo and he's just like a book like seriously and the grandfather just being a loving grandfather wants to read to his grandson and has no interest in it as he starts reading it he again son has no interest in it and he's like whatever and as he goes in the grandfather can see he's into it by the very end yeah the son was like and the grandson was all like oh my gosh like so what happens you know he was all into it and he's like he's like you know and and as he's, you know, leaving, like, he, you know, he's happy. The grandfather's happy because he had this moment that he bonded with his grandson. Like, he, he was able to read him his favorite book that his, his father read to him, you know, or his grandfather read to him that he's reading to him and so on and so forth. And it just keeps going. It's a whole lineage that hopefully that his grandson one day would read to his grandson or his son. And it just keeps going and going and going, right? And um, And what I like about it is that how... When he's leaving, it, it's just honestly the perfect way to, to end the movie is when he's leaving. He asked him, can you come back tomorrow and read it again? And it just ends with him looking at his grandson and he says, as you wish. And and, and then it, no. you know, and the movie ends. And it's just like so heartwarming. Like that's why like it, it, it's like you have a love story between a man and a woman. But then you have that, that cool love of the grandfather just being there. And where the, the grandson just turned it all around and said come back and it's something that you know that he's gonna grow up one day and always remember like i remember my grandfather would come over and read this book the princess bride that he's gonna read and it's just really you know and i like that that relationship that they had and just to end the movie with those words where within the film it's like 
as you wish. Wesley would say it to Buttercup, as you wish, as you wish, you know? But then, in the end, they end with that line, you know? It would have been funny if he walks away and he says, inconceivable, you know, it would not work. But, you know, it says, as you <laughs> wish. So, yeah, so, like we said, ladies and gentlemen, um, we're, we're at the tail end, so, you know... Princess Bride, great movie. Guy, girl, it doesn't matter. It it, it has everything for everyone. You know, seriously. It's uh, some great choreographing fencing. I Seriously, I think that's some great sword. You don't see that type of stuff in movies anymore. And, you know, that that fighting, that sword, the fencing, the the way, it's freaking awesome. Comedy, nonstop. So, so yeah, so um, check it out. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, so do you want to uh, give them the hint for what's what's the last love movie for next week, Renata, or do you want to just wait? Um, I forget what movie we're doing. You watch your choice. Oh, it's my choice. Well, <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to think about that because since it's the last love movie of the month. I think I want to go out with a bang and pick a really, really good movie. So, sorry, folks. I don't mean to bust your bubble. I think I'm not going to give you a hint yet. All right. I don't think – I think people are fine with that. <laughs> okay. Earlier, I had I had talked about that. You know, I give you – hey, it's, you know, time for Sanchez Records. And I usually give you a song that, you know, uh, would inspired with love and everything. And I actually had a song planned for this episode. I was actually going to give you – a song, but I'm thinking I'll I'll save that one for next week. So I'm not gonna say what the song is because I felt, you know what, we mentioned earlier that one of the members who was a former member and actually had toured with them and done everything record was from Devo. So I'm like, you know what, my for Sanchez Records, I'm gonna give you a song from Devo. I'm like, all right, perfect. And it's like, okay, I still like to give you, you know, I, I've already done it for all our episodes. Every, all the songs I have love related. So I was like, what would be a good Devo song that would work for like love? It's like, you know, it won't be, a, it, it's not going to be Whip It. <laughs> so I was like, all right, perfect. <laughs> you know, so uh, again, I'm going to go to the year. It's 1990 was when it released, May 16, 1990. And we're, I'm going to, from the album Freedom of Choice and the, the first song on the album called the girl you want so it's perfect i think it fits perfectly for you know it's a uh, it's like humperdinck you know the girl you want he wanted buttercup you know but he was using it to for his whole foil and plan he wanted to marry her and all that so that's why you know and and who who else wanted her wesley the girl you want <laughs> you know everybody wanted her because she's the, you know, the lady in the in the movie yes. but anyway <laughs> but seriously though uh that's the song i'm giving you um the girl you want so yeah so renata you know i think it's time you take us out Okay, well, I hope you guys enjoyed episode seven of the 88 Miles Per Hour podcast. But sadly, me and Sanch must must go back in the DeLorean and head back into the future. She sits in the top of the green of the tree.
everyone, Sanch here. Make sure to check out the Brothers Bear Podcast Live, a comedy show where two brothers and their best friend talk about everything from movies, cartoons, video games, comics, TV, music, and everything else entertainment. We are live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, only on RantRadioNetwork.com. Hey, sorry for interrupting this great podcast you're listening to, but I'm Cody from Yeah, A Lot of People Like That, a great new movies podcast. Myself, along with my co-host Charlie, sit down and attempt to catch up on some movies that have passed us by. Recent episodes include box office hits such as The Avengers and Silver Linings Playbook, along with some smaller movies such as Cabin in the Woods and I Saw the Devil. Join us as we give a second opinion on movies. We'll also talk in recent movies, movie trailers, movie news, and just pretty much anything else we want to talk about. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. You don't have to search the whole long name of the show. We made it simple. Just search Yelpcast. That's Y-A-L-P-C-A-S-T. Yelpcast. Nice, short, and simple. Give us a listen. You won't regret it. Now back to your regular scheduled program. This has been a Brothers Bear Network production.